Now, if I was you and you were me, well, you'd want to be winning. And if you want something bad, yo, you gotta want to give it your all. Because I believe so much in we, and no, we're not kidding. If you feel the same as me, yo, you gotta want to take the ball. Now I find out that nothing is given, don't know where the cards may fall, all I know is that we've gotta get it, we've gotta make it on our own. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. Gotta, gotta take control. Gotta, gotta take control. <laughs> yeah! Bobby Brown, son! Nice. Uh, yeah, I, so, I, I don't song. know what you guys... And, like, we're, we're, we've variously been in the publishing game for a long time, and there's this rule in publishing that you really need to follow. And it's Halloween freaking ends at midnight on October 31st. Any Halloween shit that you have, you need any horror-themed stuff, anything scary, even if it's a Ghostbusters 2 theme song by one of the worst R&B artists in the world. <laughs> it's true. It's you factual. Gotta, you gotta get it out the door. It's true. And I know, I know that everybody is listening to this the uh, first week of November. Yeah. And see, here's my thing. I think it's horseshit that Christmas gets this extra week. I think it's some crap that everybody's got to look at Santa until New Year's Day. You've got like you've got this week, and I realize I realize that like the the, the world we live in now, Halloween like starts on September thirtieth. Yeah, it does. But no, like, no, son, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a few more days. <laughs> okay. I'm giving it a few more days. Give it some time to breathe. Give it some time to breathe. November's spooky. It's disgusting. This is why we have elections during it. Everybody gets to enjoy a little a little Ghostbusters. Welcome to the uh, Continue podcast, y'all. Uh, we're continuing Halloween up in this thing. I did not <laughs> do that thematically on purpose. I just stumbled into it, and I feel really dumb now. It seems like a planned pun. But yes, uh, we talk about all the things that we like, predominantly video games. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am joined by my, my lovely co-hosts, as always, Susan Arndt. <laughs> Say dog. <laughs> yes. Could that have? There you go. That's it. okay. Moving on. <laughs> yep. And uh, we Gigi. also have Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. You could that. You could not have done that better if you nope. no, like actually practiced that. Nope. Yeah. Like an old foley artist working on the shadow radio play <laughs> would have been like that was properly how it's done, kids. And that. <laughs> is a topical reference for everyone at home. Have yeah. you guys ever seen the Alec Baldwin shadow? Of course movie? I have. Of course. Eight? I, mean, I don't remember. When you were a wee child? Yes. I, this is embarrassing to admit, but like I've never sat through the whole thing. I've tried no, many wait, times. Wait, wait, wait. So not having watched it is the embarrassing thing? Yes. Yeah, it's, oh. it, it's it, like... The embarrassing thing is, like, I haven't managed to stomach Alec Baldwin doing that voice for two hours. Hold on. I thought I thought I had a high tolerance, and it turns out that I I can't make it through the beginning. Like him with the nose, I can't. I, I haven't seen The Shadow. I got that confused with The Phantom, which I have seen. So oh, the Billy Zane. Yes, the Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yes. Yeah, no, but The Phantom's smiles. actually good. Wait, yeah. really? 
Yeah. I mean, you, well, as far purple as purple like, package, Billy Zane is good. I find this suspect. Okay. It was an era of like everyone was trying to do like comic book movies to chase after that Tim Burton money. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, it has that kind of '90s era stank on it. But it as does. far as like, also like, true, B tier comic book heroes getting a movie, you could do a lot worse. You could do like Steel worse. So mm. you could do the Shadow worse. Yeah, honestly. you could do the Shadow worse. No, okay. So you've got okay. A here's here's the two important facts that you need yeah. to appreciate the Phantom. One. That's just all Billy Zane in that suit. There's no just, padding. Yeah. It's just him. And that was that was peak Zane. That was the peak peak, Zane. peak Billy Zane. Billy That's Zane. That's the name of the podcast title this week, by the way. Peak, peak Zane. Zane. Yeah. Peak Zane. <laughs> it's peak Zane. Like, okay, because you know, like Billy Zane is is a very competent actor. He he's never mm. gonna win an award, but he's competent, right? Yeah, but you you put Billy Zane in things because he's a piping hot plate of Zane. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this was this was peak Zane. So there's there's that. And then B, the villain is Treat Williams just chewing scenery. No, just, shut up. Yes. Treat Williams, Everwood, Hairspray, Treat Williams. Yes! The Substitute 3, Treat Williams. It's yes. ju- and he is having a ball. I gotta watch this movie. It's yeah, so good! And it's, and it's just like pulpy 19, like yeah. 20s or 30s era like 40s. scenery. 40s, 40s yeah. Like yeah. The, the scenery and the time frame and like just the technology. It's 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 dumb fun. Like It is, yes. You'll like Ooh. it. Do I need to bribe or threaten to make a 1930s, 40s tailspin movie wherein Treat Williams plays Baloo? You know they're bringing tailspin back, right? Really? Yes. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing rests forever. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, DuckTales and now tailspin, so. Yeah, DuckTales. Yeah. I still haven't seen new DuckTales. I've heard it's lovely. I've heard it's very, very nice in all ways. But like it's it's one of those things where my kid is not yet old enough, and I'm not. I I like me the cartoons. I like I I like cartoons that you hate, Susan. I I like me some Steven Universe. I'll watch a Steven Universe, but like that's accessible. I have it on the Hulu. Ducktales. Like I feel like I need to go. <laughs> I love I love listening to you hate Steven Universe so much. <laughs> Like Susan, Susan Reverse Hulk. I only like you when you're angry. I love, I love. It's so, when it's you so hate bad. Stickers. It's so. It's such <laughs> garbage. Okay, you here, just, okay. You just don't Let understand me... the the plight of of the millennial in twenties. I don't know. I stop. Haven't... Stop. No. No. I'm going to give you a very very specific example of no. why. I hate that show. The rest okay? of the show is all going to be love. I want everyone to realize it's true. that like, our primary topic today is, like, I, I hate to say it, we're just going to be like, it's so good for about <laughs> an hour. It's so true. You're not wrong. We're getting this out of the way. Okay, so it's one of the very, very early episodes. It might even be the first episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... He, Steven li- lives at the beach, and there's like a, there's like a fast food shack there Mm -hmm. and he likes the the little pieces of french fries the bits the bits bits. right he wants the bits okay he's really annoying about it right he's okay so he he rolls up one day 
He rolls up to the, to the counter and he's like, you know, I'd like the bits. But it's, first of all, he's like, give me the bits. He doesn't, he doesn't ask for them. He demands them. And then when the dude is like, well, hey, wouldn't you rather have some regular fries? He just starts screaming at him, the bits, the bits, and slamming his fists on the counter. Fuck you, get some manners. I don't give a shit yeah. that you got a gem in your stomach and your parents are God knows where. I don't give a shit. Get some goddamn manners. You're an asshole child. And this guy's making minimum wage on the beach. You could say please, motherfucker. <laughs> whoa, whoa, he doesn't whoa, whoa, have whoa, a union. Whoa. He does, <laughs> First of all, that guy that guy is a small business owner that he's swearing at. He owns that stand. Alright, fair enough. Number- yeah, but he's he's just yelling at the capitalists, really. Number two, I I I would sell my soul for there to be an animated Susan Art that like appears in a special edition of this episode, and it's just like, shut up, you little bastard! And somebody's like, hey, come on, he's just a kid. And Susan like wheels on him, like, shut the hell up! He needs to learn some respect. It just grabs him by like, the just- ear and. <laughs> like palms his head like a basketball and just throws him into the ocean. Yes, <laughs> the most beautiful vision. Yeah, and then Pearl justice. comes down. She's just like, yeah, that's fair. I can't really. <laughs> she's just nodding. She's like, like yeah. Next mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's that's my favorite thing. See, <laughs> uh, this is where my brain is. These scenarios, because I have been mainlining. Super Mario Odyssey for like four days straight. Yes. And the thing is, is in normal circumstances in life, a cartoon version of yourself doesn't appear. Palm a small cartoon child's head and then whip them into the ocean <laughs> and then run away going, woo, 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 woo. But shit like that happens in Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> true. every 10 seconds. Uh, Susan, start us off. Because I, I, you, like me, are suffering from severe carpal tunnel syndrome. I am. Um, this game right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, have, and... I played, I started, I got it late on Friday. I got it like 4 mm-hmm. o'clock on Friday. Played it basically nonstop. For the rest of the weekend. Uh, to the point that I've aggravated my tendons so badly, I cannot use my left hand at this point. <laughs> and I knew it. I knew it at the time. Like, I could, because I could feel it getting, you know, more and more sore as I was playing. But I'm like, I, I got moons to collect. I, don't, I ain't got time for pain. I got to get to that wedding. What is it with Nintendo and, like, causing physical pain in people? Like, between Mario Party and the <laughs> blisters you'd get on your palm... The yeah. Wii remotes, like, getting lodged in people's faces and televisions. Yep. It, it it's, do, it's a, tra- it it's does a grand tradition. It's a, it, well, that goes back. Because there were people that talked about how the NES pad, like, the original yeah, Famicom Yeah, so like Nintendo Elbow. They, added, they had a name for yeah. it, right? Nintendo Elbow. It was a real thing. <laughs> so, you know, I think that that's, like, a sure sign. That's how you know that they have yet again made something really, really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although, interestingly, so I, it took me, I think until the fourth kingdom to really get into it. Is the fourth one, what is the fourth one? It depends. Yeah, that's where you get the choice, right? Right. So, okay. So there's the first one and then there's the the cap, the the place with the caps where you you Mm -hmm. meet Cappy. 
And then after that, there's like a caveman kind of, you know, Jurassic thing. And that's where you turn into a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. I still uh, haven't done that. I still uh, haven't. What? I didn't. Oh, yeah, dude. so I didn't notice what? the T-Rex until I'd scaled the mountain. Just slumbering on the hill, dude. Yeah, and like, I, like, I, God, I love the way the game does moments like that. Like that there could be something enormous just under your nose and like I got to that peak and then just saw him napping down there and I was like do I finish this or do I go back and I've done I've decided that I'm not going back to the worlds until I beat Bowser that like, is that is the correct choice yes and I've heard that I've heard yeah. that like that's the way to play and you know somebody recommended I do that so I'm doing that and I just saw him down there I was like you sleepy bastard I'm gonna come back to you. <laughs> Um, for, gonna... Further, further, I would actually, uh, that's A, don't go back to the world until you've, until you've beaten Bowser. B, don't exhaustively go through them. Get, get the requisite number of moons mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. Just come like, back later. I, 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 the path that I've been enjoying so much is just like, when you start to feel that completionist boredom set in yeah which like that that oh man i've done 10 different batman roadblocks in a row with the batmobile <laughs> yeah. to clear this section of the map G- gotta and get all those riddler trophies to get, get, get the all, true ending i gotta get all those sea shanties on the assassin's creed high uh, seas as soon as i feel that boredom like even like not because i don't think that there's ever been a second in playing super mario odyssey where i felt bored but the moment I have that, like, like this place feels rote, I just leave. Yeah. Immediately. And, like, it's so... It's amazing that there is no roadblock to you doing anything. Like, it never stands in your way of doing anything. Even that moment you were talking about, Susan, where it says, like, pick the next world you want to go to. It's It's giving you all of these different options for what to do so why did it why did it take that long to get its hooks in for for me um the there's simply no question that the game is extremely well constructed Mm. you you know when you're playing it you're going to appreciate the level design uh the visuals it it's all top-notch you know grade a work without question the the first level is your basic tutorial. It's it's very story heavy, mm. and the story is just the same old freaking story. Bowser yeah. stole the princess. Also, yeah. just as an aside, brother's putting a lot of effort into this wedding, and I feel kind of <laughs> shitty spoiling it because he really cares. He wants yeah, it to like, be nice. It's he doesn't have to go to all of these lands right? and like get the best of the best. Yeah. I yeah, I mean like Bowser's a creep. It's gross. Yeah. But like but still, mean, like this is it seems like a really nice occasion. I'm just it's saying <laughs> you know, he's he's clearly a romantic at heart. He's yeah. just a little, you know, uh forward challenge. He's a he's And weird. I like it's it's interesting that he chose to employ like what seems like the villains from a little rascals like silent film. They're very <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about those those rabbits yeah with with their pseudo new york accents um but yeah okay so so you've got the the tutorial level basically and then you go into the level with the the dinosaur which 
felt extremely by the numbers to me. Yeah. Very uh, unoriginal. Um, yeah, it's very pretty. And it, it's still also teaching you stuff. So it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like tutorial part two. But it it did not it, it did not seem special uh, or all that interesting to me. And we lost Dave. Uh, <laughs> again. And then the third level I went to, right after that one is the one where you get to, to pick. And yeah. I went to like a forest. The forest. Yeah. Oh, God, that forest is so awesome. And and that's when it started to like hint at me. Oh, no. You, yeah. No. The, the third one is the, is the flowers. That's what it is. It's the flower yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Right. With the, and I loved the little mechanical watering cans. They were hilarious. But I didn't like that everything was made of iron. That struck me as very strange in a place with all flowers. And the surf guitar soundtrack didn't fit. See, I loved that. I loved the music so much. I that was like I think it's good music. I like surf guitar. I just didn't think it fit. That, see, uh, now, like... And this, this again, I, I think this is just like a, a matter of taste thing because mm. I kind of like that sort of absurdity. Okay, is the a the mesh of like the old industrial sort of uh, iron, like like red iron grates mm-hmm. around the forest and the flower fields mm-hmm. feels very Mario to me. Oh, like that, okay. that just smells like because you know. It, it, back in the 2D days, it was always abstracted. You know? True, you, yeah, yeah. Super Mario World, it's like, why are there these mechanical buzz saws yeah. flying? Yeah, why are there a Cloud bunch of Kingdom? weird girders next to uh, hills with faces on them? Right, and that's that, a fair point. Yeah, as it's gotten, as it's gone on, like especially in the like, Super Mario Sunshine, it sort of got way more detailed and way more explicit that these were just the way these worlds work. Right, and okay. I liked seeing that. And then I like that it's just like, well, if you want to get through this door, here's a sphinx. And oh it's my like, god. Hey, I why? love this I lo- here's what I love about the Sphinx. Yeah. He says anywho. Yeah, he says Anywho I guess that's not really a riddle. Anywho, come on. He's he's clearly so lonely. He's just like, uh, it's the riddle of the Sphinx, dog. It's just why are you here? You doing anything later? <laughs> All right, I'll get out of your way, man. Anywho. Uh, but so, yeah, so the the surf music, I, I love that surf music so much. It, like, I kept expecting Ooh La La from Space Channel 5 to, like, stumble out. <laughs> da, 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 da. But, so, the fourth level I ended up going to, the fourth kingdom, was the lake kingdom with the little fish people. And yeah. that is yeah. where the whimsy and the charm really connected with me. In, in, the, the whimsy, the charm, and the level design all worked together yeah. in this mm-hmm. really elegant combination. And that's when it was like, okay, yes. Now, and, and what's interesting, going back, I I still don't like those first three levels. I still don't mm. enjoy them. But everything from the fish people up, I dig. Man, that fish people level two is so... I I was really worried ahead of Odyssey that it was going to feel too big because, you know, people that played it at E3 and even, you know, some of the, the promotion that Nintendo itself has done, they'd be like, it's open world. And I just, like, people stop saying open world. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, I, I can hear, I can hear Mandy Patinkin being like, you keep using this phrase. I cannot imagine <laughs> what you think it means. Stop freaking saying open world. It's not an open world. You just made a big level. <laughs> 
Yes. They're big. Level. Some levels are big, other ones aren't big. And I, I loved, like, when I got to that, that water world with the mer people and, like, the castle that you could dive down into. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. God, it's so cool. And it's, like, but, it's it's a small level. Yes, but it is. But it's big because it's so dense and it's, like, there are multiple levels yes. to that yes. stage. Like, the, like, you start in the little open area and then it funnels you into another spot. And, like, as you keep going, you realize like oh i just kind of went in a tiny circle yeah uh, yeah. yeah man and, and, like it's crazy i i have always because i i think all three of us have talked about our various tastes in the 3d mario games over the years like like susan you're you're a super mario galaxy person i'm a super mario i galaxy am not no no she hates those games game. yeah. well, no no i mean compared to me and two because I know you loathe to. I do. I hate it. I hate I it know. a lot. I know. You. I really like, hate it. No, I'm Super Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine all the way. I, I've always wanted them to go back to a straight Super Mario 64 thing. Mm-hmm. But I've also been afraid for them to do that. Because the, something that people... When other developers try to imitate Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario Brothers 64... They make these sprawling platforming levels that are really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And they forget that those games, their stages are very small. Like, Super Mario 64 stages are really compact. They're just very varied. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if that would work anymore. And holy crap. Doesn't <laughs> you were <like> wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Like, that, that whole mermaid level... Oh my god, Susan, did you flip out when you went in the hole and Captain Toad was waiting down? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I <laughs> screamed! Because I knew I knew Captain Toad was in the game. Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. Like, I figured he would be. I yeah. figured, like, no stone would be left unturned, but still. I, yeah, I knew he was in the game, but I, I thought, like, I don't know, he'd be running a shop or whatever. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so I found him and I scream, Captain! <laughs> and then, and, th- and then there's one in every level. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god, I can't find more Captain Toad. And then that, and what I really like about the game is that it's respectful of different commitments and different mm-hmm. skill levels. Yeah. If you want to be that person who finds everything, awesome. There's a ton of shit to find. If you really don't want to, that's okay because you will find enough. Mm-hmm. of what you need to get through and have a good time. And if you want to devote yourself to finding every Captain Toad instead of finding all the moons, no problem. The game will let you do that. And I really appreciate that because I am not... Like, there's some some moons. I know what I need to do to get them. It's Just too much of a pain that. in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of... Th- it's like a super twitchy kind of... You know, it's a skill test. Yeah, and I and I will try it for a while, and I will bang my head against it for like an hour, and if it doesn't happen, I'm like, "Fuck this!" There are other moons. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the nice ahead, thing too yeah. is uh, like the once you get to a certain point in the game, uh, there's a shop that you can just straight up buy as many moons as you want from. Like, there's no limit. Oh so, really? Yeah. Oh wow! It, like it's weird because it, it means that there's no upper limit on how many moons that you can collect. As far as I know, like I was looking on message boards, going like, because when I did it, it was like, do you want to buy one or do you want to buy ten? Oh. So, huh. I bought, so I bought ten, and a little check mark appeared because like each each level has a moon that you can buy in the shop. 
yes. that counts yes. toward your total. Yes. And then, so I bought 10. I was like, oh, okay. And then I went back and it was like, oh, like, normally it just grays it out because you bought it. But now it's like, I could buy another set of 10 if I wanted. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. And you look in your menu and it tells you that you have 10 stars. Like, it only counts the one check mark, but it puts a little 10 next to huh. how many you bought there. So it's like, hey, if you just, like, if there's, like, if, if one of the gates... Then especially like once you get to the end game because uh, right. after you beat the game there's stuff that you can do after there's more like uh, a couple more levels unlock uh, there are more challenges that appear in each stage and it's like if you get to a point where you just you hit a wall and but you still want to keep seeing the rest of the content you just buy some moons you just yeah because co- coins are not difficult to come by yeah yeah uh, which is just like that, th- and that just kind of ties back to what you were saying on Twitter. How it would, like this game, like if if any game was this polished and this accessible, like it it would it would do bananas because like no one makes games like this. And like no. mm. I, I was I was thinking about my initial thoughts on on Odyssey, and it's like I really like the game. It's not blowing me away like it is. I think some people. Uh, it's just, it is a very pleasant game to be in and I'm enjoying playing it, but like, I'm also thinking like, it doesn't have to blow my mind. Like I have two kids and to have this game that appeals to both of them in very different ways that it appeals to me is like my three-year-old son, he doesn't know how to play games, but I'll throw him in that first open level, which has zero enemies until you get to the boss at the end. And he just runs around and throws the cap and has a good time. And he's just like, I'm enjoying this. And then I have my daughter who is nine and like her first 3d Mario was 3d world. Mm. Um, Very different game. Yeah. And, and, and so like, she's, she's approaching a lot of this stuff. A lot of the, the sort of challenges that I, I've played after, you know, 28 years of playing video games, many of those years playing Mario games, uh, I've seen a lot of the stuff that it's doing, but it's doing it in a way that is so polished and so approachable Mm -hmm. that like, even though I'm enjoying it just on a, like, this is really just fun candy for me, uh, my daughter is just like she's just she's blown away by the stuff that yeah. she can do and like that's to me i think is what's the biggest success of this game is that it just it can appeal to so many different kinds of people and like the people who are just like eh, it's it's fine like dude come on <laughs> yeah like, like, okay if you're re- I have no problem if you don't personally enjoy. Yeah, if you don't the game. like yeah. it. taste is one thing that's fine it's but fine. if you, if your reaction to this game is that it's fine you're an idiot You're an idiot who has absolutely no idea what makes a game good. Because here's another thing this game does so well that you barely notice it, is how it will introduce an idea Mm -hmm. very, very easily in a a uh, no-risk context. Here's a thing you can do. And then later in the level, it starts developing that idea. Mm. Here's a thing you can do, and here's why you might want to do it. Oh man, Susan in New Donk City, uh, and like I uh, wanted to talk which is about the this best anyway. world in the game, by the way. It the, really it's is so good. It's so good. So the first the first time you go to New Donk City, if anybody hasn't played this, the first time you go, you have to sort of play a story instance almost. Like the the level is going to funnel you along a single path, 
And you can still collect some stray moons here and there on your way, but it, it's like a story thing. You gotta stop Bowser, and you gotta fight a boss. And then you beat the boss, and then you're in the city, and it's sunny, and it's gorgeous out, just like all of the trailers you've seen with New Donk City. When you're set down on the street in front of Mario is a freaking Vespa scooter. Yep. Not not a road scooter. It is explicitly in design an Italian-made yep. Vespa. It's just sitting there, and you're like, can I ride that Vespa? And you walk up to it, and it gives you the button prompt. You can freaking ride that Vespa. Low stakes. Nothing. It's there. Try it out. Learn it. When you scale the game's Empire State Building equivalent, there are these time challenges. You'll find, like, a little scarecrow. You put your hat on it, and then you will have... Uh, blocks will appear with a moon at the top of them, and you have a limited amount of time to get up those blocks or across those blocks to get the moon. And you can't use your hat because it's and stuck you can't in the And you can't hat. use your hat, right. And this one, you, you're on the top of the freaking world... And then a Vespa appears directly next to you. Because of course it does. Because of course it does. And like, th there you go. Like it starts elaborating on something. It just very casually introduced to you at the beginning. And not only does it say like, all right, you learned how to use this. Here's something tricky to do with it. Mm -hmm. It naturally creates a scenario that gives you one of those visually spectacular, I can't believe I just did that moments. That makes it so fun to watch, like, speedrunners play Mario. Mm -hmm. Like, when I got that moon at the end of the time things, I was like, I wonder what'll happen if I just keep driving. <laughs> and, like, like what happens if I Thelma and Louise this shit? And I drove off the, like, the thing, and Mario plummets all the way down. No slowdown, no anything. The city's just rendered perfectly, and I landed on a cab... Which, if you jump on the cabs, they bounce They you. bounce, yeah. And I landed on top of another building. Oh, my God. And I just stood up and cheered. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, that was awesome! And, yeah, like, the fact that it does that with... That it's planned. That and it I, is built in a way to give you that is freaking and crazy. And I think that, like, that... That uh, kind of flies in stark contrast to their approach to Zelda... For Breath of the mm -hmm. Wild, because yeah. like because yeah. the the like you uh, did not like Breath of the Wild um, because I don't like, know why you would say that, Dave. I'm not <laughs> because saying... the, the thing that you always talk to me about is the the thing that you value most in games uh, is specificity. You want games to have those specific moments, yeah. and it's hard to do those in an open world game because there's so many ways you can approach different problems. Blah 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 blah. And I think Mario. Odyssey uh, is probably, I don't want to say one of the first games, but it is probably one of the biggest and most successful games in kind of melding those two philosophies together, this this mm -hmm. idea that you can approach a situation in multiple ways, but it still feels like you are working towards a particular goal. Totally. A very yeah. specific goal. And, it, and like you said, it's like you had that open world moment of you driving off that building to land on a thing, but in order to get to that moment, you had to achieve a very specific task. Right. Uh, and I think, like, th like that's 
really hard to do uh, because we see so many open world games attempt that and it all just like ends up being like the open world you you spend a couple hours and you're like this is really cool and then they just repeat the same things over and over and over again like in Shadow of War like in uh, we can talk about it a little bit later but like Assassin's Creed Origins I've been playing that and it's like yeah the same thing just a really cool idea and then they just it's just that like five things repeated (laughs) for 40 hours you know and i think mario's breadth of content but also the not it doesn't give you limited limitless freedom but enough Mm -hmm. freedom to make you feel like you solved it in your own way Mm -hmm. uh, is just it god it's 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 an incredible game it's so good i incredible that 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 freedom that you just described dave because like that is i think the magic of super mario 64 it's why people are still so obsessed with that game 20 years after the fact is that all that freedom was there and yet there was no precedent for it you know they nobody Mm. had made many three-dimensional games this was like the first one of this sort of scale and ambition and the freedom that it provided you to achieve these different very specific things was intoxicating and the fact that that was done almost as a happy accident. They were like, yeah, we're just winging it. And it worked out that way. The fact that they were able to do that intentionally is remarkable. Um, that This touches on, on something that I think is also part of what makes these games exceptional. Mario 64 had secrets for days. For days. And you didn't need to know them. You could finish the game without finding all of them. But when you did find one, it was surprising and delightful and creative and and just a a joy. It was like a tiny little drop of joy. Because, like, you're supposed to be getting from here to here. But, oh, hey, if you run this this snowball into this other snowball, it makes a snowman and it comes to life. (laughs) What? You know, and then in in, uh, Odyssey... So back to uh, I was wrong by the way I misspoke the second world the second world is the toast tostada yeah the dios yeah. the dia de los muertos yeah which is so boring I mean it's it's the best looking boring level ever and then the that <laughs> then later you go to the flower level and so if you miss a jump around the edges of the flower level you fall but you don't die because you fall into the forest below. Mm-hmm. Which I certainly didn't see coming. There's no hint that this this dark, gloomy forest is there. There's you have no reason to believe it's there. So you're just gonna miss jump or not? Like I I imagine there are people who still don't know it's there. And there's secrets down there, and that 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 is where you see the flower pots that are waiting for seeds. And there are flower pots all over the game. But that's the level that teaches you find a seed put it in the pot and a vine grows out of it. And that's and that. Fa- go ahead. I was just going to say, and that is the first time I saw one of those pots and a vine grew out of it. I was like, so delighted. I was like, what an amazing idea. What a cool thing. And then I realized like, of course there are vines that go into the sky. It's Mario. Right. Right. And yes. like, it didn't, it didn't even occur to me. It didn't feel like, Hey dog, see the reference to the old thing that you already yeah. know. Like it felt, brand new but then again 
wholly consistent with exactly. everything that's been established. But this is also the game, like, because I've been looking at it like, okay, if this was my first Mario game, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people's complaints of like, well, you have to know Mario to appreciate this game, and I think that's complete no. bullshit, because this is the game teaching you a concept. It tells you, that's a flower pot. Nearby, there's a little watering dude, like, hey, I'll give you a seed. Okay, I put it together in my head that if I find a seed, I can put it in this pot and a vine will grow. Great, now I have that information. In other level, and then the next level that you're in, there's another pot and another seed, and the, and the, but there's only one, and it's not that hard to find. It's they're they're kind of like right next to each other. Oh, it's another pot and another seed. Cool, but that one grows a moon. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I didn't find that one. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, like that that kind of thing is why, like, we were talking about this a couple days ago in our Discord. But people, people who did not grow up with Mario or Nintendo, and going like, I don't get what the fuss is about Mario, and I, like, this is why. It's yeah. because yeah. these games are designed in such a way that like you could look at any of them. Maybe not Mario Brothers two. Uh, but because, you know, that really, really what didn't start it as a Mario game, but like you could look at, at nearly any Mario game and use it as a masterclass of like, this is how you design challenges. This is how you craft a game to not only teach your players new concepts, but how to challenge them and how to combine concepts with each other to challenge them in new ways. And then to not overuse those concepts to bore the player. Right. It's, man, not only is it this masterclass in saying, like, this is how you're going to delight people and challenge them and teach them how to play your game without just bludgeoning them with, like, a wall of text yep. or something that they're already familiar with. Or Cappy just talking to you constantly. Or, or, or Cappy just talking to you. And I'm like, Cappy does talk to you. Cappy does give you explicit tips, but it's at an appropriate moment. And, it's, and he says it, and then he's done. And then he's done. Uh, I think that's a, a perfect sort of moment to illustrate how developers can look at Super Mario Odyssey and take away a vital lesson from it is not just, you know, the masterclass of here is how you make a challenge, but also that you don't need to take a challenge and automatically put it into a familiar video game mold that you, you know, you don't need to say, oh, well, uh, the guy has a gun and then he has to shoot a thing. Yeah. And he, and it's not, Mario is not just a guy who is going to run to the right and when he gets to a hole, he's going to jump over it. Something else can always happen. Yeah. Uh, and Susan, you and I both were... I, let's go with nonplussed at the final <laughs> boss fight in the Evil Within two. I uh, uh... so okay, like for uh, just spoilers, everybody. This is a fairly new game that and yeah. you know it's been out for a few weeks, but it's new. If you don't want to know about the ending of the Evil Within two, skip ahead a few minutes. I can't skip ahead. So no, I mean like you guys go ahead and spoil it. it I don't I, care. But I, I honestly I, I don't. don't skip ahead. Yeah, you're, you're not missing anything. I am, I am a very, I am a hugely anti-spoiler person. Huge, huge, huge. I don't feel like knowing this spoils the game, personally. Because I, I, you, you, you could see this shit coming so far. You could see this coming from the moment you hit start in in The Evil Within 2. Uh, so you get to the end, and I actually, 
I love the ending from a narrative and tone perspective. I love what happens when it's all said and done. All right, let's 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 break this shit down. Okay, let's break it down. Yeah. So uh, the game is is about a guy, Sebastian, who mm-hmm. believes that his young daughter Lily died in a house fire and that he could not save her. Yes. And he feels enormous guilt over this. His wife Myra tries to tell him no. She didn't die. She has been she's been kidnapped by this shady organization. She's still alive. We got to rescue her. And he's like, "I don't believe you. I'm going to go drink myself into a stupor. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm not stupid. shave. Yeah. But like <laughs> then not like really trim my beard. It's just like I want to look like rugged, but not really. <laughs> I want to have like a 7 o'clock shadow. <laughs> Uh, so in in over the course of playing the Evil Within two, you learn that your wife was in fact right. Lily was kidnapped by the shady organization. They basically just fucked with your head to make you believe this event happened. It never did. There was no fire. You are not complicit. Nothing happened. So the, over the course of the game, Sebastian works through his guilt to to forgive himself for this thing that never happened. Um, but he still believes does that he didn't that he, and and work through his, and forgive himself for not believing his wife because really what sane person believes that 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 happened so that's part of his journey and that and there's a a scene in the in like the the last third of the game where he's having a vision is the only way I can put it and uh, his wife comes to him and has this conversation with him like look let yourself off the hook man and it you is know? It, it like we we can say like it's it's both a vision and it is her. Like yes. Is, yeah. Okay. That's she fair. She is there. Yes. And uh, she's like, "Look, dude. Like, you know, please forgive yourself and start healing because you're not at fault. And and th- you know, this this you didn't do anything wrong. And he says he's sorry. And he does. He says, and he says he, he's sorry. He's, he's like, I messed up, and I please let me fix this. Like, right. there is right. This I is want us to be a family again. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want to put my family back together. So I'm, go- I'm you know, I'm gonna make this right. Now, and all of this shit that's happening is Resident Evil as hell. Like <laughs> their dialogue is super campy, but it works. Like you feel it. But it's, I, re- it's I, I really feel like that scene has some emotional weight to it. Like I know that's what I mean. Like yeah. it's I, like as as clearly still made by people who are not totally native English speakers. Okay, that's. That's fair. It, it's still, I, like, there is real, real emotion that, it, not David Cage emotions. No, not David Cage emotions. emotions. <laughs> like, actual, and, like, you feel like these characters were married. Yes, you feel like they're married, and it's lovely. Like, yeah, I'm it not, really it, is. It's not Nathan Drake laying his head in Elena's lap in Uncharted no, no. 3, but it, no. it's not far. Like, they're in the same... League? No, they're Net in the same ballpark. They're in the same zip code. <laughs> yeah, they're in the they're same in the zip same, code. Yeah, I mean, the, Nathan and Elena are in the nice part of town, and you know, uh, Sebastian and, and Myra are kind of in the seedy part of town, but they're in the same neighborhood. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the, you're you're in this construct. Your Sebastian's mind is in this construct. That's basically like the Matrix. Myra's mind is in there too. She has gone in there to rescue their daughter Lily, who is the engine. For this construct, and oh. Myra, is, Myra has taken over as the engine. She doesn't do that she, until the end. No, no, she, she, because I, I, so I found this out, and the game is not good at 
translating this. Oh. Since they have lost Lily, uh-huh. Lily is no longer there to prop up and support oh. Stem. That's why everything is falling apart. Oh, I see. Okay. And so Myra has stepped in, and the idea is when they when they totally free Lily mm-hmm. from the Matrix, right? That Myra will take over and maintain it, right? And right. the the problem is is that in taking over as much as she has, the the fake world already drives people mad, right? And in the process of trying to support it all on her own, while also fighting off the slavering beasts that have been created in this project process, as well as two evil sociopaths, it has damaged Myra. Like Myra right. has Myra... now become an evil god. Myra is out to lunch. Right. There's and still like, she's she still has flashes of sanity where she knows she, what's up, but she's, she's being she's being driven by her her intense desire yeah. to protect her daughter, and that includes protecting her daughter from Sebastian, Lily's dad, because she can't recognize that he's a good guy. And, she's, and the the visual metaphor for all this uh, is so grossly on the nose, <laughs> like the fact. And, like, I, people are like, no, that's not what it is. The fact that Myra is simultaneously made of milk and semen. Yeah. She just is, everybody. She is. Like, it, she is. She is made of the the reproductive fluids and life-giving fluids that are parents. Yeah. Deal with it. It's... It's true. Subtle, subtlety is not the evil way. No, I mean visually, uh, it's cool because it's awesome. Yeah, you're, you aesthetically to get to this final showdown with Myra, you go through a a a town, uh, the town of uh, Unity that ha- or Uni- Union Unity Union. Union. Union um that has been basically robbed of color. It's all yeah. ashy and gray, and you're the the sole spot of color, and it's it's really visually arresting, and that's great. And then you get up to to your house, and Myra's out front, and and it's really again very moving because Sebastian is like, look, you know, we both want the same thing is to protect yeah. our kid. Let me let me take her out. Let me save our kid. And Myra is too far gone, so it's it's fight time, and so she turns uh. into a big sperm monster. She turns not not just a sperm monster, a sperm skeleton monster. That's true. Because in case in case you didn't know it was a survival horror game, there's a giant skeleton monster who vomits uh, tentacles that attack you and vomits spiders that attack you yep. and has glowing things that you need to shoot with your bang bang. <sighs> um, now there you don't. Oh, your primary mechanics in this game are shooting and sneaking around things. Sure. Those are the two things you do at any given time. Now, again, I'm I'm not I'm not claiming that the the EAD Tokyo team that developed Super Mario Odyssey are better than everybody else. But they are. But, but they are. And you you want to apply like like there's no reason to have Sebastian shooting this thing. Like, it it completely ruins what is otherwise a wonderful emotional moment. Susan, do you... Here's my question. Yeah. Would a different challenge, a different thing that you need to physically do in that moment, be preferable to there being no boss fight at all? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Here, okay, so here's the thing. So I was talking about this uh, with, with one of our, our listeners, friend of the show, uh, John, and he's like, well, you can only do so much in a third-person shooter. And I was like, oh, oh, that is incorrect. And that is the kind of thinking like, oh, well, it's a third-person shooter, so clearly you, you shoot mm-hmm. the boss. That's the kind of thinking that gets us bullshit cut-and-paste boss fights where you got to shoot glowy bits. Time to start thinking outside the box. Okay, so we've got Sebastian taking this journey, right? The entire, it's all about his mental state. His journey through this construct is a reflection of his mental state. In fact, the second boss, Father Theodore, is all about using his guilt against him. And he only manages to beat Father Theodore when he comes to terms with the fact that he's been drinking himself into a stupor for the past two years. Okay, so how about when you get to Myra, and I'm still down with you having this showdown with Myra, who's lost her mind in this effort to to protect her child, because that's that's cool, right? Like this is okay. This is the mother of your child. This is someone you are on the same side. You don't want to hurt her, but you can't let her kill you either. Mm-hmm. So it's very uh, okay. How about if one of the collectibles in the game is slides and they go pat they each slide represents a different important moment of of your of your life what if you collect a certain amount of slot slides and that makes the fight easier or I it's, love a, that. it's a conversation right like maybe you need to talk her down and yeah. if you if you collect either certain slides like the ones that have to do with your family or enough slides then you only have to talk her down you know three times in, in instead of five times right mm-hmm. like you're it's all about reforming your connection with her and reinforcing the idea of becoming a family again right so you're reaching out to her in a positive way in a constructive way instead of a destructive way and Wouldn't the, that be awesome? And that's 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 one approach. Like you, you could apply so many different ways uh, to to achieve that same emotional effect. Like you have stealth mechanics. What if the boss fight is just about getting closer? Just get closer. yeah, yeah, just make yeah, it, just yeah. Make it so that she like you could still have uh, the giant tower of semen and milk that is Myra at the end of the game, but have it be that you need to. Use your all of your all of the things at your disposal. You need to. You can even have other enemies shoot the other sure, monsters yeah. that might be around her. You know, use the bottles that you can toss to distract things, and have it literally be about physically reconnecting with her. I you love need that. To get through and get to her, and there's precedent for it in the game. One of the first <laughs> things you have to do when you encounter Myra as a giant sperm milk monster is sneak is past her. Is sneak past her. Like, you yeah. already freaking have it in the game. God damn it. But, <laughs> so, like... John's, and also, oh, yeah. also, it, it, it goes back to reconnecting with your daughter because the first time you see Lily, she's on fire and you back away from her. Yes. And then the second time you see her, she's on fire and you hug her. You embrace her. Yes. It's all there, damn it. It's all there. I, uh, man, like Super Mario Odyssey, like, oh, well, there's only so much you can do in a third-person shooter. Super Mario Odyssey, you meet goddamn turtles. It's gonna happen. The man has a mustache. He always meets turtles. It's yep. the way it goes. Yep. Some of these turtles have little chef hats on, and they have frying pans. When you possess one, you are effectively in a third-person shooter. You have a thing that is a projectile that you throw at other things. That's true. Does Mario go around just taking those pans and blowing up other turtles? 
he can, but you can also hop around and then blo- destroy cheese that is built up in the environment that is in his way. It's not violent, it's a little destructive, but you are essentially using third-person mechanics to do something else, to clear a path. There is always another option than glowy bits. Mm-hmm. Dave, on a scale of one to Assassin's Creed, how Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed Origins? <laughs> uh, assass- <laughs> uh, it is it is Schrodinger's Assassin's Creed. It is both Wait a minute. very Assassin's Creed and not very Assassin's Creed at all. Wait, oh, that well, was okay. so well done. Holy crap. <laughs> okay, I want to know how it is not Assassin's Creed. I know you get to pet and name cats, which is admittedly a very big selling point. I haven't gotten me. that far yet. I gotta yeah. figure that. Uh, so it, it is, it, it's It's an RPG. It's uh, like the, you get gear, there's loot, you level up, uh, you gain new skills. Uh, it's built like The Witcher. In a way, what? you don't have a mini map. Instead, you have that like compass dial at the top, and there are a bunch of question marks. And as you walk around and get closer, you'll reveal quests and places like points of interest and stuff. And it is, um, it is ver- much more freeform like that. Also, the controls don't really suck this time. Oh, uh, they're a little <laughs> weird. The whole like, uh, so. Basically, combat and movement have gotten almost a complete overhaul. There's none of this hold down right trigger to run faster nonsense. Thank God, Jesus. Um, the instead the triggers are your attacks, so it has like that kind of the your uh, this is a video game like Dark Souls. The, like your sword swings are on the right bumper, and you have a power swing on the right trigger. It's kind of like Dark Souls in that way, but it's still, it's very, like, it, it's it's much less, um, it's much more forgiving in that mm. way. But you also, like, you have, you, you press a button, you can crouch, uh, there's actual stealth, you can use, like, you can whistle at guards to bring them your way. Um, there, there are a lot of things that you can do in combat to whittle people down. Um, before you go loud and going loud, you, you actually have like, there's, it's, it's a lot easier to deal with groups, but it's also like, if you get surrounded, uh, like you have to figure out how to take them out or you're just going to get wrecked. Like it's, it's really easy. It's much easier to die in this game than it was in like Assassin's Creed two, where it was just literally, you hold down guard, you press parry, you counter kill them and you just repeat that for 40 hours forever yeah um so that yeah that you have a lot more stuff at your disposal you also have this cool hawk that you can summon and it's basically the drone from ghost recon uh, hmm. that it like hovers over these encampments or wherever you want to go you can use it to mark targets on uh on your hud and kind of get a lay of the land uh, that way. Seek out like where the treasure chests are, where your uh, where your main objectives are, that sort of thing. Um, it's got a lot of cool stuff like that. It also has like level gating, so like if you get to a place where the enemies are too high level, they'll have like a skull where their hmm. health is supposed to be, and they'll just wreck you in a hit or two. So you have to. Um, 
kind of plan out where you want to go based on the level of the side quest, take on side quests to level your character up, which boosts your health and your strength, as well as the gear uh, that you equip, which you can buy from shops. You can uh, upgrade various bits of your armament. Uh, so there's a lot of that. Uh, also, the movement has been, like, like I was saying, that there, like you don't have to hold down right trigger to run. Uh, anything that has looks like it has outcroppings on it, you just go up at like Zelda. Like there's mm. a mountain that I found, and there were a couple spots where it was like I had to look for some footholds. But as long as it looked like it was kind of craggy, I just pre- pressed the X button to start, and then kept holding up. And I just kept moving up that mountain. I didn't have to look around for footholds or like jump to a thing. It was just it, like smooth movement. Um, so that's really cool. And there were like there was there have been no awkward spots where I get caught on like a fence and I can't jump off the fence. And then when I try to jump off the fence, I end up on another part of the fence. Uh, <laughs> there's none of that. It's like it is one of so like, it, it just it, works like a it, game. It works, yeah, like a game, Finally. and it's like it's it's clear that like taking that extra year to make this game, uh, the the kind of the Ubisoft jank that you get with Assassin's Creed, I'm sure is still there in some way. Like the like in the very very first time I loaded up the game, there was a weird bit where like my character glitched out during an opening interactive cutscene, and rather than having the animation where he's like fumbling around to find a sword that got knocked out of him it was just a standing up straight character model kind of hovering around around the ground like a ghost possessed uh and just like his sword just kind of like hovers and swings around and ends up where his hand is supposed to it was bizarre uh i quit the game and reloaded it and it worked fine that time but like other than that it's been it's been pretty okay for me so far but like i haven't fallen through the ground yet knock on wood um (laughs) nobody like has turned into a salvador dali painting yeah out of the blue (laughs) yeah no none of that none of that stuff um which and the thing about this game though is that it does the thing that all the other ubisoft games do where like it puts a bunch of stuff on your map and it's the same five things and you just do those things over and over. There's actually fewer things to do this time. It's mostly just like running around, finding outposts with enemies and then clearing those outposts and then doing side quests, which are basically fetch like either fetch quests or go here, kill a bunch of enemies, go back, <laughs> get your reward. Um, And then the main quest, which furthers the story along. Um, So, like, I was was kind of enamored with it within my first couple hours. Because it was like, oh, wow, this is, like, Bayek is a cool character. It's kind of your standard vengeance plot. Uh, You have this... (laughs) Standard issue vengeance. Yeah, standard issue vengeance plot. You have, like, like this the he's a, he's a medjai which is basically like a like a sheriff of egypt works for the pharaoh hangs out does good deeds for people uh and he, a bunch he gets captured by a bunch of shady looking dudes who are trying to activate some like first set uh, civilization technology it's very like before the templars but they're trying to do the stuff that the templars are doing they think that bayek holds the key and they and like they capture you and your son 
and you try to escape, and they end up making it so you kill your son. Uh, just, like, by, by holding your son and then holding you and then letting you go at the exact moment that you, you just stab your kid, and you're like, no, what have I done? Uh, so it's you and your wife going around Egypt trying to find the people behind the Shattery or- organization and just murdering them. So, but what's cool is like the the standard plots, but the the moments that you have with like Bayek is a really likable character. He's really cool. He's like he's got kind of that Ezio swagger, but without the the braggadocio. He's he's far more down to earth. Uh, but he knows he's hot shit, you know. Um, and like his wife is really cool. I actually just met her in the game, and you two are kind of working together to take these these people down. Man, I uh, love it when there's like a good married couple. In yeah, the game. and they just, it's they, so rare. Dude, they I they love... love each other. It's <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, but it's just it's just it, the first couple hours. It was the uh, the novelty of like, oh, this is Assassin's Creed, but different right hmm. like it's the it's the like it's a new setting it's the like the controls are different i'm engaging with these somewhat familiar systems in a new way like the getting uh getting new loot when i when i kill enemies or uh getting them after quest chains and upgrading that watching the numbers go up like like that was it was interesting and then hmm. i started like i i put in a good 3 hours one night just kind of going around and clearing the map and then the fatigue set in and yeah, i'm only a couple clearing. hours into the game and just going like this is all there is and <sighs> you look at the map and you zoom out the map is fucking huge <sighs> and i'm just like oh am i gonna go the distance on this and I, like i think i will just because it is it is the kind of game that i like to Assassin's Creed is the game that I put on to listen to podcasts to and veg out to. Sure. Uh, while I'm like mopping up all the bullshit, and then I pause whatever I'm listening to when there's story happening. Um, Man, do do you? But Dave, do you think that that fatigue is something that could be avoided? And I, I feel like this this entire episode is not just the Super Mario Odyssey love episode, but the like here are the precious precious lessons that sit inside super mario odyssey yeah like i didn't know before you said tonight that there comes a point late in the game where you just buy moons and more than just the one i figured there would just be one that you could buy in every world and it's it's a hundred coins which is you used to get a star for collecting a hundred coins and mario sunshine and uh, Mario 64, I figured that would be it. But the fact that you could just go and buy like a stack of 10 to get more access to things, would Assassin's Creed Origins be better if it could just, like, if you could just buy your way out of clearing that map? Okay, so... No, because again, like then, then what are you doing? All you're doing is you running doing? from place to place. And like, granted, the game is gorgeous. The game looks and sounds incredible. I'm gonna be that asshole that says like this game looks really good on a 4K TV with the PS4 Pro, but it does. Uh, but again, that like going back to the discussion about the Evil Within too, the vocabulary mm-hmm. of 
Assassin's Creed Origins, even with the expanded loot system, even with the expanded leveling system, even with its more like RPG system, the vocabulary is very limited. There are only a few different kinds of things that you can do in the game, and they just repeat them over and over and over and over again to pad out this giant world. Uh, and like you can, so there are loot boxes in the game. There is there there there's a currency, helix currency, which they introduced back in Unity, that you can buy with real human dollars, and you can buy uh, exclusive like cosmetic upgrades like one of them is a unicorn like you just instead of a horse or a camel you can ride around egypt on a unicorn and you can only get that if you spend real money uh but you can also get like loot boxes which has like a random assortment of of gear but it's tied to your level so when you open it you're getting get gear that's um basically valued around where your level is at hmm but in the few hours that I played so far, I never felt like that stuff was necessary. It's there if you want it, but it's, like, I'm getting loot at such... It's like Destiny. I'm getting mm. loot so frequently to upgrade my character that I never feel like I have to, like, take part in that. Um, and I... I this game if... sounds boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, like, I... Everything you tell me about the story... And I feel like this is like just—it's uh, Ubisoft. It's it's a Ubisoft problem. Like everything that that company puts out these days yeah. is boring as shit. Like unless it comes from Michelle and Cell, it's just boring as shit. Um, I mean, like uh, Mario and Rabbids, uh, kind of being one of the big exceptions, I think. Uh, but even then, I fell off of that just because it's just like battle after battle after battle with like little tweaks of how it's set up. Sure. Uh, but man. I don't know, like, that company, they are, they make a thing, and they put all of their stuff into that thing, and then they spread those things out to everything else that they make, and you can tell. Hmm. You know, like, Ghost Recon, which was the, the blandest game like i played that game for an hour and it just like it completely dissolved from my mind i have no memory of what i did in that hour um like far cry 5 like that'll be oh boy you get a bunch of guns you run around you take over outposts you collect stuff to make a wallet out of gators or whatever is in montana <laughs> i don't think that there are gators <laughs> But, I mean, or whatever the Montana equivalent of a gator is that will let you make a bigger wallet to store more cash. Sure. Uh, like, it's just... It, something has to happen. And I yeah. don't want want there to be this, like... like I don't want the catalyst to be the Vivendi takeover. Well, because I don't I, think I, that's good either. I think, but... I th- I think that we... If you... Uh, looking at Ubisoft as a, a larger whole... A, it's been nice that there has been a willingness to put their resources behind strange things. I don't yeah. like the game Child of Light, but I'm glad that Child of Light exists. And even Assassin's uh, Creed Origin is a conceptually strange game. Right. Like, the, the whole concept behind Assassin's Creed, where it's an eternal war between assassins and Templars vying for ancient artifacts from an alien civilization... Uh, tied into the year 2012 where the sun's gonna explode or fucking whatever. And sure. you play a 
parkouring bartender who you visit the memories of your ancestors and like pal around with George Washington and go on adventures. Like that's fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. And they, I want more games set in like more historical fiction set in a construct that isn't just like a sim game, like a 4X sim game. Like I look at stuff like, uh, God, what's the one that everyone loves that's set in Europe, like during the feudal system? I forget what it's called. Everyone, lo- Crus- Cru- Crusade Kingdoms, Kingdoms of Crusaders, Crusader Kings, whatever. <laughs> <don't know. laughs> and it's just like, like that's cool. I want like a game that just like revels in this history and like teaches it and lets you poke at it in interesting ways. But I don't want to look at a bunch of goddamn menus to do it. I want to like tried be in there. Tourist- and, like, have you tried the tourist mode? I know I that, that was that was something that interested me about Assassin's Creed Origins. The fact that there was a a mode where it's just like, yeah, if you just want to like go in and learn about Egypt, there's a mode where you can just play the game in a completely sort of violence-free tourist mode. I I, I haven't checked I it out, know. and I want to. I, I think that's like like good on Ubisoft for doing that. That's really yeah. cool. And I like it. I'm honestly surprised that there aren't more games like his like games about moments in actual history everything's always about like these far-flung you know fantasy universe sci-fi universes like or you know, like stuff like uncharted which is like grounded in some history but then like indiana jones monsters show up by the third mm. act or whatever right it, like they, they always other than like four they always kind of go off the deep end but even those are still like they're swashbuckling adventures it's not like this telling of like being in a historical moment and it's just it sucks that like assassin's creed (laughs) is so like flat when it comes to actually playing the thing i'm i'm wondering if this is it for assassin's creed because it doesn't I, seem like there's a lot of enthusiasm around the game, and I, it's, it it also launched the same day as Super Mario Odyssey and Wolfenstein Two. Well, uh, I, this is I, I, the arc of Assassin's Creed feels very familiar if you remember what happened with Splinter Cell, because Splinter oh Cell god, was, yeah, Splinter Cell used yeah. to exist, right? So there was at the beginning of the aughts, Splinter Cell was huge. It was an enormous success. There was one every year for about six years. And then all of Ubisoft's games had a little of that Splinter Cell, Tom Clancy flavor. They all got a little fiddly. They all got a little uh, a little tougher. And Ghost Recon had some of the, qu- the close quarters combat stuff in it. And so on and so forth. And then 2007 rolled around and Assassin's Creed was going to be the big paradigm shift for all of the Ubisoft games, and at that time, Splinter Cell started to get a little fallow, and they stopped doing annual releases. Conviction took three years? Forever. Yeah, Yeah. forever. And, you know, they were like, oh, we're gonna spice it up this time. It's got cover mechanics. It's a poppier, snappier, more accessible game. Much like adding in a bunch of crafting and RPG stuff into Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed Origins. And I'm wondering if Like, Assassin's Creed has had its time, and you can see Ubisoft trying to test the waters with new ideas. I don't like For Honor, but For Honor is a brand new idea. Nobody else is doing that. Uh, Guys, I can never remember what the hell Pirates of Dark River or whatever the shit that 
Oh, Cutthroat Island. Island. Yeah. No. Cutthroat, yeah, Cutthroat Pirates Island 2. Uh, Gina Davis's Cutthroat Island 2. By no, the, the pirate game that they're making. I totally... Yeah. yeah. New um, idea. Oh, oh, the one that isn't Sea of Thieves. Um, yeah, not Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. oh God! What the hell is that? And the yeah. fact that we can't Everybody remember the goddamn name of this game, it. I think, is telling. It's actually not Sea of Thieves, though, because sea... is this is <laughs> this is the division all over again yeah. for it's... me. Oh no! Skull and Bones. Oh God! The division. The yeah. process. Tom Clancy's The Process. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God in heaven. Uh, oy, Tom boy. Clancy's The Spreadsheet. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Excel. 2006. Uh, hell, even Beyond Good and Evil 2, a game which might not be a game. Are we, are <laughs> we sure that that's a game at all? It, <laughs> hey, you saw more. Uh, whoever went to. I, I don't know if you went to. Did you go to E3? I did not see? go to E3. Okay. Whoever went to E3 and saw a demo of like alpha gameplay or the video or whatever saw more of that game than yes. anyone's seen of Death Stranding. So. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Well, it that, is more of a game than Death Stranding. Dave, I don't think anybody ever accused Death Stranding of being a game. True. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all in the clear there. Uh, everybody, I think that sort of brings us home this week. Uh, I, I guess if you're going to take anything away from this episode, it's uh, if you're going to make a giant monster out of breast milk, maybe don't make glowy bits to shoot think about it a little bit more <laughs> and if you're and gonna learn, assassin's from an, Creed... learn from an italian plumber who yeah. runs around in boxer shorts man okay just like very quick lightning round 20 seconds yeah susan what is like something you saw in super mario odyssey that you were just like what that's amazing luncheon world Ah, oh, Luncheon World. So Luncheon good. World is all, it's, it's, okay. So here, there's a bit, Luncheon World is all food, right? And it's surrounded by, they call it lava, but I'm just saying it's pink gravy because, I mean, the yeah. whole thing is food-based, right? And you can, you can capture these little fireball, you know, the fireballs that jump up from the lava, like in every Mario game, and you can swim through the gravy. And then there's these tomatoes, yes. and the, t- the the tomatoes, if you if you jump on them, they splat and they make uh, tomato sauce. Oh, tomato sauce is also hot, so you can jump from the gravy to the tomato sauce. Yep, mm. it's so, so smart, so good. It's Dave. so, and they don't tell you to, they don't tell you this either. It's introduced yeah. to you in a puzzle. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I found yeah. out completely by accident. Um. My favorite moment, uh, the end sequence for... Okay, so it's a tie. It's the end sequence for New Donk City. Sure. Or the final escape sequence uh, at the end of the main story. Oh, I haven't done that. I didn't like that at all. I haven't done Uh, that yet. Don't spoil it. It's not the sequence. It's the song. Uh, Oh, okay. No, that's fair. Yeah, it is some Sonic Adventure-ass music. That's true. And it really it's is. so good. Uh, but no, the, is Pauline. Oh, uh, dude, Paul, Mayor Pauline. Eh. So good. More, oh, more Pauline in Mario games. What? You're not into her? I like. I like I that mean, she's. I mean, just she's dressed like, like Carmen San Diego. So I mean, that's that. plus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, meh, whatever. But yeah, the, the New Dog City Festival like... was aces. Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Am I weird for like being like really attracted to the evil rabbit? 
Like whenever the rabbits fly up and they start threatening Mario. Yeah, you're you're a sick. Is this puppy. a Wayne's World moment? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, just see bugs, buddy. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Even think of that. I was like, she's really cute, and I was like, she's a rabbit, man. And I was like, I'm gonna keep playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I I texted both of you the night I started playing. Because in the in the first full big world you go to, the Dia de los Muertos world, mm-hmm. th- there's a bird flying over the town. Yes. You don't even see the bird at first. And then you notice the bird. You notice the bird is glowing. And so I was like, I'm going to go talk to that bird. I'm going to try to possess the bird. Threw my hat in the bird's face, and it gave me a moon. And I was like, well, that was lovely. And then <laughs> I ran into the desert, and there was a little skull man who's like, yo, dog, get me some sheep. And I was like... I'll do it. And then there were sheep and I put them in his circle. And then I walked 10 feet away and there was a normally proportioned man in a yep. <laughs> next to a taxi cab frozen yeah. in ice. And he was like, this sucks. And I was like, no, it doesn't. This is great. I'm yeah. taking a picture. This is great. Everything that's happening is great. Yeah. I like talking uh, to. Oh. Talking to. Okay. Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, okay, so there's a bird who will give you hints. The bird is named Takatu. Then there's this this giant bird who's stealing the soup in the Legend Kingdom, and he's a cockatiel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's the name of the, is is there a weird name for the, like, flying lizard guy who you can possess and use him to glide? Is it, is it Geki or something Uh. like that? I love this game. Yeah. And he's so so happy. He's so thrilled. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's go for a ride. He's just so happy. Uh, Everybody, we are so happy that you continue to fund us uh, at patreon.com slash continue podcast. You make this possible and... Honestly, we, we like hanging out with each other and talking about this stuff anyway, um, but it is a very real delight to be able to do this for you. If you are not a patron at this point, please go to patreon.com slash continue pod, uh, podcast. Yes. And yeah. even you got it right the con- first time. <laughs> I got it right the first time. He's consider so bad at this. It's just, it. yeah. Just Look, con- consider, consider throwing us a buck. A buck. It's it's worth it. We we and if we get enough bucks, we'll start doing this every single week. Yeah, seven hundred fifty is the goal, happy. and we're about two hundred away. I want to say we're we're two thirds so. of the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We'd really we would really like to to do this weekly because we'd like to add more stuff to talk about. We want to talk about uh, movies and TV and stuff. I have Walking Dead thoughts. Oh. <laughs> Oh, do I have Walking Dead thoughts? And we'd like to, uh, we'd like to be able to cover more games too. And yeah. uh, only going every other week, it makes it a little harder. So if you could consider uh, throwing us a buck, we would greatly appreciate that. Yeah, please, five dollars gets you exclusive podcast content and access to our Discord channel, which is full of awesome people who love you, uh, or will you yeah. will love you once you. They join. will love you. They uh, will love you. And uh, backing at ten dollars uh, or more gets your name read off on this podcast. So I want to give a special shout out to our ten dollar and above backers right now. Okay, gonna not butcher any names this time. Uh, John, we got Ryan Brady, we got Peter, we got Stormshot, we got Kristen Martinkovich, uh, Gluttony one of one of seven, 
Francisco Arias Guimaraes, uh, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fasi Sayan, Yaddle, Jacob Christos, Chris Punk, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit KC, Nick Grugan, and a very special shout out to Ludwig Kitzman. Our good buddy. Yeah. yeah, he 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 was uh he just became a patron last uh couple weeks ago, so I wanted to save that as a surprise for everybody. Thanks, I buddy. like that guy. He's, He's a good swell. dude. He uh, okay, he he is is uh the person who got me watching The Good Place. Oh, what a great show. Which is the best show on television. Oh, we need to talk about that, like in life. Because it's lovely. Yes, yes. Are you all caught up, Susan? I am. All right, I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, one last big thank you to uh, the man who stitches all of our nonsense together into a single audio file, our producer, Bill Seagroves, who produces this as part of Pod Studio One. And if you guys have a podcast idea that you want to get off the ground, but you don't know how to do audio production... Uh, you can go to podstudio1.com and check that out. Uh, you can also check all of us out in various places. You can find me every single day at venturebeat.com, and you can also find me writing crap at theavclub.com. You can also hear me on another podcast about video game music called Video Game Grooves. Just Google Video Game Grooves. And you can find me on Twitter at a John Agnello, and I promise that you won't see many uh, romantic images of Snake and Quiet from Metal Gear Solid raising Sonic the Hedgehog as a baby. He said many. many. That implies that there's more than one. <laughs> At least one. You know there's but more than one. But not a lot. Dave, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Genie Online. That's where my work is these days. I'm writing about magic, magicians, deception, spies, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Uh, I posted a video today of uh, a little behind-the-scenes sort of documentary look at uh, Cardistry Con, uh, which is a convention for people who do who are demons. They're demons. They're, they, it's true. Yeah, they no. do things with playing cards that will blow your goddamn mind. Uh, so yeah, go check out genieonline.com and you can find me on Twitter at uh, David Robots. So. Susan, where you at? Uh, I'm also at genieonline.com, mostly obsessing over Mr. Piffles, <laughs> the uh, only magic performing chihuahua in the world. That can't be real. <laughs> oh, he's very No, real. Mr. Piffles is real! Do not <laughs> disrespect amazing. him. No, That's Mr. Amazing. Uh, he is. I have held Mr. Piffles. He has slept in my lap, and demanded pets from me. Oh my god! I, I, my love for Mr. Piffles is pure and true. Yeah, he's uh, uh, assistant to Piff the Magic Dragon, who is a real <laughs> dragon and not a yeah. man in a dragon suit. Do not tell no, he, him that he is wearing a costume. He's a, no, he's he's a real magical dragon, and and his he has dry clean skin. No, uh, so that's where I am. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, where I talk about. All sorts of things, including my thoughts about The Walking Dead, TV, Stranger Things, movies, magic, dogs, and uh, the fact that I'm learning sign language. Cool. You're learning sign language? I am. That's awesome. That is a very cool thing to learn. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious about that. 
Um, all right, everybody, we'll see you in two weeks, or if many of you give us dollars, one week. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we will see you then. Goodbye. We love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.